Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is a Rogue Media Network podcast. This is 365 Sports, powered by Sikkim365.com. He is, uh, when you talk about college football coverage, and and he does a lot, Bruce Feldman on television, national TV, uh, even, uh, of course, pro football. Bruce Feldman, theathletic.com with us on 365 Sports. Bruce, we have... The opening of the transfer portal, NIL, of course, all the time. The college football standings released on Sunday that created some havoc. Now we have the NCAA discussing the possibility of a subdivision. My God, what else could go right now at one time in college football? And it's great to be able to cover the sport. Yeah, it's a crazy time right now between everything that's just gone on, I feel like, in the last 72 hours. So let's discuss right now first the transfer portal. You all... Max and you wrote an article, college football quarterback transfer portal tracker, best players available and decisions. Has the list even been better, deeper than you thought even when you wrote that a week ago? Um, yeah, it has. And, you know, honestly, Max and I had turned into the quarterback transfer portal tracker because, you know, we're, we're updating it basically every hour, it seems like, with the different names that come in or the different intel we're getting on, you know, Grayson McCall was a three-time Sunbelt Player of the Year, and now he's expected to be visiting NC State this weekend. And so it's it's recruiting, but it's recruiting where now a lot of these guys have proven. You know, whereas before it's just you know they're four star, they're three star, whatever, and they're you know they're speculative or projection. A lot of these guys now are proven. I mean, you know, we did we updated our story to reflect that the two best quarterbacks in the MAC conference, Curtis Rourke and Daquan Finn, both went in the portal today. And they're guys who would probably be legit, you know, mid to upper level starters in most of the group of five conferences from the coaches we've talked to. Bruce, uh, Kyle McCord is a is a very strange one to me. This is a kid who is 11-1, 24 touchdowns, six picks, had a really good season. It, seemingly the only thing he, he didn't do was beat Michigan – how is an 11-1 quarterback at Ohio State in the portal? 
I think what you're having in some of these cases is quarterbacks who are curious to see, you know, NIL is a real thing. You know, are they getting the best deal they can? And I think they're checking to see, are we the best fit for, for you? And are you think you're the, you think I'm the best fit for you, you know, kind of thing. And what's, what I do think is significant in this case with McCord, McCord is, you know, who played high school football with Marvin Harrison Jr., who's going to be moving on to Ohio, from Ohio State to the NFL after the season. But you have a guy in McCord who's, who's playing for a coach in Ryan Day who's developed a lot of NFL talent right now. And his receiver room is going to be hard-pressed, even without Marvin Harrison Jr., to be any better than what he's going to have. So we'll see what kind of options they have. We'll also see who does Ohio State go after because we do think they're going to swing big. One of the names that I think that will be interesting to follow who's somebody who, you know, on, on one hand, I understand why he's making the move, and that's Dylan Gabriel, who is a terrific quarterback, one of the best quarterbacks in the country, put up huge numbers at OU this year and led them to a win over Texas. You know, does – does Dylan Gabriel follow his old offensive coordinator, Jeff Levy, who's now the head coach of Mississippi State? Does Oregon get on the mix? Does USC try to get him? Does Ohio State look at him and think, okay, he is much more of a dynamic athlete than what we have now in Kyle McCord? So I think these are the dominoes that are going to be interesting to watch how they start to start to fall. Bruce, there are always some uh, diamonds in the rough, some guys that may play that people don't know enough about unless they are really true college football fans or uh, watch it intently, the, the Mac or Ohio Valley or the Sun Belt or perhaps the Mountain West. Are there, uh, are there enough of those that, that even if you miss out on that top level, there are a few nuggets, so to speak, available to others like Baylor. They've uh, retained Sawyer Robertson. Blake Shapin's in the portal. Uh, he's not on this list with much of what you've put here, but still a guy that's played a lot. Uh, if they miss out on him, do you feel like there's still enough out there where they'll be able to be just fine? I do think there is. You know, like, it'll be interesting to see, you know, who Jake Spavital decides is the best fit for him because he's had a prolific quarterback almost everywhere he's been. I mean, there are guys in there, you know, the, the Boise State quarterback, Kalen Green, who's a Texas kid. I'm not saying this is one of the names I would expect to end up there, but 6'6", 225 was on our freaks list. Really, really good running quarterback, but he's still pretty raw as a passer. Um, there are guys like that. There's a really good quarterback, a dual threat guy at a Holy Cross, mm-hmm. Matthew Sluka, who's a big, strong kid, former lacrosse player. He's a really good runner. He's an okay passer. I think he's going to be a guy who's going to get a lot of interest. Um, we, we're going to see probably a few more names, I think, enter the portal, but there's so many guys I feel like we've written about or talked to coaches about where I would say there's probably upwards of 40-plus quarterbacks, and that's of the guys who who have played a lot. Take a guy like Brock Vandergriff, who is the backup of Georgia, has got everything people like in terms of you talk to coaches inside that program and people familiar with him. He's 6'3", terrific arm, really athletic. Coaches you know, love his work ethic, and a lot of people think He's a, there. I feel like he's probably a better fit in the spread offense than he was in Georgia's system. I, you know, Kentucky's somebody to watch there. Is that somebody that Baylor tries to make a run at? You know, there there are certainly talented guys that are out there. It's just some of them might be rolls of the dice where they haven't played that much. So you may think you have a, a good feel for them ready to blossom. But then there's these other guys, especially the guys in the MAC and some of the smaller conferences who are probably – 
at least have a lot more reps in them in an actual game. Bruce Feldman, TheAthletic.com, Fox Sports with us on 365 Sports. Bruce, what's your best guess on Cam Ward and where he might end up? You know, he's somebody that we've heard could be leaning for towards the, the NFL, but maybe if the, the NL, NIL money is right, and we're talking about into the seven figures probably, um, does he go to a USC or an Oregon or a Washington? Is he somebody USC tries to pull? I think that he is, you know, right now he is one of the top two names on our tracker. It's him and Dylan Gabriel. And he's played a ton of football, as people know, in that state. You know, he really blossomed in an in incarnate word. And then Eric Morris brought him with him. You know, he had some really good moments. He didn't play behind the greatest offensive line this year. And I think to his credit and, and you know, to the rest of the Washington State players, I think it was a really tough year for them just given all the stuff happening around the program with both Washington State and Oregon State being left behind in all the craziness that happened with the Pac-12 imploding. Bruce, what are your thoughts about what Charlie Baker at least put out for the NCAA brethren to try to figure out with his NCAA subdivision? Is this just like, oh, my goodness, or is this just a matter of time, or do you feel like this thing will stick, and how much of it will stick? I think it's, I think it's going in that direction. Look, we've seen Jim Harbaugh especially be very outspoken about you know, taking care of the players and, and having to be more proactive at the very least, you know, the NCAA has always been reactive. So I think this is going to be interesting to see how much momentum it gets. At least, you know, he's used this format to try to get some consensus going because I feel like the NCAA is always digging out of a hole. And even sometimes when it's like some of the craziness that maybe goes on with the CFT, it's not really related to the NCAA, even though it's kind of lumped in together. So I think the timing of this announcement or these comments, I think, are are noteworthy just in the fact that I think right now you feel like the sport is at a little bit of a crossroads. Bruce, do you think that there would be some schools that um, that are in the power conferences that wouldn't be able to do that, to, to say we're a high-income university, high-resource, we, we, we just can't go there? I think there might be a few on the end. I don't think they would be big 10 schools, and I certainly don't think they would be uh, SEC schools. But then you get into some of the other leagues, you know, you're, you're not entirely sure how resourced they are. I mean, they're definitely not the same as what most of the rest of those conferences are playing with. So I think how it gets sorted out will be interesting to see. One of the things that I know you got to go, there's a lot going on, and we appreciate your time. Like somebody brought up some of the private schools. Baylor has a brand-new football stadium. They have a brand new pavilion opening up in January. A brand new football ops. They don't have. They can't even afford not to afford to be able to stick in this. And they're going to have Baylor has more money than people realize when they need that money. But it, it, would it be? Let's have the sixty-eight Power Five, Autonomy Five, or independent schools. Would you say there's maybe five to eight that would have to make a really tough, hard decision on that? I mean, it might be as many as that number. Like I feel like Baylor is better positioned for that because of some of the resources, because of the resources that have been poured in, I think you have, I think the school has a very proactive and savvy AD in charge, you know? So I, I do feel like there's a lot of things that line up better for Baylor than they do for a bunch of other teams in some of the rest of, in, in the rest of power five as it's structured now. 
You want to ask him about Florida State? I do, I do. Uh, By the way, Bruce has a story about the college football season always was the best and and what happened with the omission omission of Florida State. Paul? Bruce, admittedly, look, I'm I'm an alum of Florida State, so I I feel several different kinds of ways about this, but try to be objective about it. Um, I really enjoyed your your column about the regular season and 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 what it means, and they always bragged about that. It's about that this is the regular. There was the reason we didn't have a playoff for the long time, right? Because it was going to corrupt the regular season. It seems like they've just done that because of the. I guess they couldn't tell the SEC no. I I mean I I can't figure it all the way down. But Bruce, your your thoughts on what the college football playoff committee did. And Ableton maybe now hide because it's the last year of the four and they're going to 12 next year and it won't happen that way again. Yeah, it's pretty dubious to be honest. Like I, I you know, when I saw this, I was sitting there thinking, you can't leave out Florida State when they're 13 and 0. They won a power five conference. On top of this, it's like they, they beat two SEC opponents. I get it. Florida's not very good this year. LSU is. I mean, it's not a playoff team, but it's, Got the best player in the SEC by far, and probably the Heisman winner in Jaden Daniels. And that game was forty-five to seventeen with a minute left. Florida State was crushing them, and so now they're going to look at it and go, "Well, Florida State was playing their third-string quarterback, and they didn't look very good on Saturday night." You know, we didn't look very good a week ago. Alabama, they barely beat Auburn on the last play, and that's not a great Auburn team. It's an Auburn team that got smashed at home by New Mexico State. But the reality is, you know, the people who run the CFP and and run college football could not fathom the idea of a playoff without an SEC team. And, yes, the SEC has had the best, been the best conference for the last two decades. But the truth is, this has not been a great year for the SEC. It's different. And, you know, Alabama lost head-to-head to Texas. It was in Alabama's own the home backyard. And I think people can make whatever parallels. You see a lot of people on ESPN throwing out all sorts of different parallels. And one of the ones I've heard was, well, Ohio State, when they had their backup quarterback, Cardell Jones, the year they won the national title, they crushed Wisconsin 59 to nothing in the Big Ten title game, whereas, whereas Florida State struggled with Louisville. The difference on that is that Ohio State team already had a loss. They lost by two touchdowns at home earlier in the year. And they had only beaten one ranked team the whole season before the Big Ten title game. So to compare that to what what you're talking about with Florida State, I think for them, I just felt like there was a lot of spinning going on. And I feel for the for the Florida State players because they're the ones who got squeezed out of this the last year of the four teams, you know. But I just felt like the games have to matter if we're going to sit there and go, who do we think is the best, or who Vegas thinks. No matter what, if Georgia could lose two games, they're still going to shoehorn Georgia in because they're a two-time national champ and they're Georgia. You know, and I just don't think that's right. And unfortunately for Florida State, that's the way it played out this year. Bruce, I've said this to others, but the theathletic.com, and I constantly promote what you guys have. We appreciate your time, Max Olson, Nicole, Sam Khan, among many others. Uh, it is the only subscription of anything online media that I – have no problem paying the bill when it comes in, and it's not very much when it uh, hit my credit card. I want you to know that because I know you are a part of the ground floor. Appreciate everything you do and appreciate your time today. Always a pleasure. I appreciate the kind words. I know our staff is a big fan of what you guys do, and, and thanks again for the time.
Bruce Feldman with us, TheAthletic.com and Fox Sports on the stories. One that they wrote back, he and Max Olson, on the quarterbacks as they're flooding the transfer portal, where they are now, and even more who have added their names to it. And there will be more. And then you might even get more again the next time it opens. Hell, there's a week, there's a month left. And then on top of that, his thoughts about college football's best regular season in all of sports. And is that going to be affected based on the 12-team playoff? No one, not everybody's going to be happy, but could that be affected based on the 12-team playoff? Yeah. I would rather have the 12-team playoff and maybe figure out. I still think that Alabama playing whoever or, hey, Texas, Michigan next year, you mean to tell me that won't be a mother of all mothers of like a 10-plus million dollar ranking? Yes. The question is, will the entire season still be the best in sports? It, look, I, I think it just flips when the important times are. Like, I think this is going to – mean November is more important and more exciting than September. Because, again, okay, so say you lose your quarterback for two weeks and you lose two close games in September, and you're sitting at three and two at some time in October, and you start to get hot, and then all of a sudden you, you rattle off seven wins in a row. Well, then those games in November, especially when you're trying to get to that seventh win and be 10 and two and be 12th in the country, becomes way more important than, well, we'll get them next year. That's how college football was, right? Well, we'll get him next year. Lost those two games. Dang it. So, it yes, it takes away maybe some of the juice of September where, especially, you know, in the situation of, say, I'm going to say Alabama and Texas. Texas was the only good non-conference team that Alabama had on their schedule, right? So, if Alabama was anybody else but Alabama and lost that game and had the same kind of non-conference schedule they had in a lesser conference in the SEC, then you can you could maybe knock Alabama, like a school like that, out because they lost their one big game. That's not going to happen anymore. All right, so because of last night's consequences, Trevor Lawrence, I'm not sure if you saw it, had a very bad leg injury. I don't know what the latest update is. I've seen ankle. I've seen others. But this was something I got to give. Uh, who is my friend that put this up to me uh, in the uh, direct message uh, cat? No, this is in the. Uh, this is from uh, Space Coast Night on the <laughs> chat. Joel, the NFL playoff committee will now have to vote out the Jaguars from playoff contention despite their record because Trevor Lawrence is injured. Yeah, well, the Bengals would have already been out, but now the Jake Browning ripped it up last yeah, night. Yeah, Joe so. Joe Burrow out. A lot of the fact that entire like. Golly, the AFC is like two two teams. I said schools, two teams that have their quarterback Mahomes with Kansas City, Allen with Buffalo, and hell, they're six and six or whatever it might be. This has been a Rogue Media Network production.